You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, Bill Stans. Welcome to another episode of the Mafia Mavens podcast a Buffalo Bills podcast from an all-female perspective. I'm your host, Danielle, and I have with me my co-host, Robin. Oi, matey. <laughs> and today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Bills. We're going to be talking about some Antonio Brown drama. We're going to be talking about Luke Keekley. All kinds of fun things we have going on. But before we start, I need to tell you that I have been rotting my brain and binging on a show called Love Island on Hulu. And it's basically about 12 sexy singles looking for love. Can they find it? Can they not? Will they take the money? Will they choose love? And I'm just like obsessed with it. But the problem is, is that it's based in Australia and it's also based in the UK. So I keep picking up these little British accents here and there and saying things funny. And people are looking at me like I'm crazy. And in my head, when I'm listening to myself talk or, you know, talking in my head to myself and thinking, it's coming up in like British accents. And I notice saying little words like cheeky and grafting and things like that. And if I do during the podcast, you're just going to have to get over it. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just going to keep going and act like it never even happened. So I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Sounds like a plan, matey. Shall we get started, Robin? Oh, of course. Okay, so the first thing, something we talked about last week, Brian Dayball. He was actually one of the candidates for the head coaching job for the Cleveland Browns. It was kind of split up the middle on Bill's Twitter and what I saw from fans. Half of the people wanted him gone. Half of us wanted him to stay. And ultimately, they chose someone else. And Brian Dayball will be sticking as the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. How do you feel about that, Robin? Yay. I feel really good about it because as we talked in the last podcast, the continuity factor for Josh Allen cannot be understated. It really needs to be his year coming into his third year. He doesn't need to start that third year, in my opinion, with a new playbook. I think it would help him a lot He's got a relationship with Dable. He calls him Dabes. You know, they're best buds. It's a great relationship. I think even Dable himself probably, although I, I'm sure he would have loved to have had the job in Cleveland, I think, I think he really felt like there was unfinished business with Josh Allen. I think he would like to stay and see it through. And I think Josh will benefit in his third year. You and I have talked about this a little bit in in terms of expecting him to make another jump in uh, productivity. And I think it would help a lot to have the same OC to do it with. I agree. He's like a ghost. He has unfinished business. Oh, back in Buffalo with Josh Allen. So I think that Josh Allen has taken, you know, a big step from year one to year two. And I think that he can take another 
at least decent leap from year two to year three, especially with the same offensive coordinator that he had these past two seasons. So, or past two seasons? Yeah. Right? Yep. He's had him the whole time, right? Yep. Okay. I don't know. See, it's my mind is just, it's, it's a British melt right now. So I don't know. It's all good. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I'm actually glad he's back. And there was talk about if he had left and become the head coach of the Browns, that he would take some other coaches with him. And I think that would have been a real killer to this Bills team that's trying to keep everybody and everything intact. Continuity is a big thing. And, you know, we're going to be going into our fourth year in the same defense. It's been a long time since we've had the same defensive coordinator for four years in a row. And it's something that you see now, I think, in the NFL. There's much more turnover of offensive and defensive coordinators than there used to be 20 or 30 years ago. And so to have the same offense and the same defense coming back next year, I think it's big for the Bills overall. I expect big things. You know, I think there's going to be a big leap between now uh, what we saw in the last year and where we're going to be next year. I think it's okay to have expectations. It is. I think that Brian Dable is going to turn Josh Allen loose a little bit next year in his third season. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be a big one and I'm really excited for it. And I'm glad they're all coming back. I think that's just going to be huge and they all love each other. They're like one big happy family and who wants to break up a happy family? Exactly. So moving on, this part of our podcast is actually going to be a little bit serious. We need to talk a little bit about some mental health issues and things like that, especially as it relates to the NFL. The first matter at hand is, and it has to be Antonio Brown, because we saw some of his antics this week. He was in some kind of fight with one of the mothers of his children, and the cops were called, and apparently he threw a bag of gummy bears that were shaped in the form of male genitalia. Uh, Interesting, weird. I, I don't even know. I mean, I know at some point we've all wanted to throw some gummy bears shaped in that form at our spouses. But, you know, it's just odd. Things are really just falling apart for this man who people would say, you know, some people would argue that is one of the best wide receivers of all time. So what do you think is going on with him? Has he always been this way? Is it an injury? What's going on? Well, it's hard to say from the outside, you know, when we're just looking at bits and pieces of video or tweets or that sort of thing. But when you piece together a pattern, and there does seem to be a pattern of behavior that has been established over quite some time. And you and I talked earlier that that some of his um, erratic behavior even goes before he ever entered the NFL. You have to look at the history of what was going on in his life as it goes along. And now what you're starting to see is it seems like an escalation in his erratic behavior. And one of the things, and I wrote a, an article for our blog at billsmafia.com. I wrote an article yesterday about the fact that I thought one of the things we need to look at when we have players who are struggling with mental health issues of any sort is that it's important to consider the possibility that changes in his brain function may be playing a part. In other words, is he developing chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE? We know, for example, that 
Aaron Hernandez, when he committed suicide at age 28 and they did an autopsy, his brain was found to have had one of the most severe cases of CTE ever examined. So we know that it can happen in younger people. It doesn't have to be somebody who's in their 50s that played football 10 or 20 years ago. Like Junior Seau. Exactly. Exactly. And so I brought it up in this article because I'm concerned enough, we don't have right now a way to make a diagnosis definitively that someone has CTE until they have died and you can find it on autopsy. Right now, they're closing in on finding ways of identifying it and diagnosing it in living people. But at the moment, we can't definitively say, oh, this person, you know, he's acting out, he has CTE. No, we can't say that. But we certainly have to be concerned when we see things like what we saw with Aaron Hernandez at age 28 having a severe case of CTE on autopsy. That means that, oh, do you think that just developed suddenly over the course of the last year of his life? I don't think so. It suggests that this is something that progresses and may start as early as high school in terms of athletics. And so we've got to get better. We have to find a way to diagnose this. As it relates back to Antonio, we saw with Aaron Hernandez as well, his behavior escalated, got erratic. There were things that were written about him, even when he was playing for the Patriots. And when Antonio Brown was playing for the Steelers, there were incidents, things that happened. And I think it's important that we consider the possibility that this could be playing a role. Now, what do you do about it? That's kind of the question, because as you and I talked before, traumatic brain injuries, they happen. And you know, you have a, a story to tell about your own father mm -hmm. in that regard. And probably this is a good time for you to go ahead and share that story, because it really helps us understand how different your behavior can be when your brain is damaged. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Before I do that, I kind of just want to share some information that I've learned because I've done lots and lots of reading about Antonio Brown and his past and things like that. And I know that it was said that he didn't grow up in the best of neighborhoods. He didn't have, you know, the best childhood. He was very close with his younger brother. Mm -hmm. He wasn't very close with his stepdad and they would fight a lot. And it would be him and his brother kind of sitting in their room with posters on the wall of football players talking about their futures and things like that. But his stepdad said that, you know, with Antonio, even, you know, as early as the age of 14, he was kind of defiant and disobedient and would run off and take off and not come home and things like that. And he was very difficult. And his own brother had said that in high school football, even he wasn't sure whether his brother was going to be a distraction or whether he was going to be a great addition to the team. Because it was almost like he kind of had a switch in him that would turn on and off and on mm -hmm. and off. And he was very, very intense in high school football, college football, and even in the NFL. And, you know, his college teammates and some coaches and stuff kind of said the same thing. And I also read that in 2012, right after he got his contract extension with the Steelers, is kind of when a lot of the troubles in the NFL had started at the pro level. And Troy Polamalu, who wasn't known for getting in arguments and getting mad, somebody had said they had only ever seen him get really angry twice. And one of them was he was very angry at Antonio Brown. So that was kind of a big deal. So it seems like 
the last few years, he's actually stepped up even more and become more erratic and more just odd in the things that he's doing. You see that, you know, I've seen reporters say that, you know, oh, well, I said that he had a bad game or a bad practice and all of a sudden he's threatening my life publicly in front of everyone. Just silly things like that or or like saying awful things about all the baby mamas that he has and just drama all the time. And the intensity level is always from a one to a 10. It's always an 11 and things Mm -hmm. like that. So for me, I think there was some kind of pre-existing issue with him Mm -hmm. mentally. Um, I don't know what it may be. I'm not a doctor. Could it be, you know, he's bipolar? Could it be he has PTSD from being, you know, a child? And I'm not sure what his deal is. But I think that there was something going on straight from the start. He never got treatment for it. It continued to hang on one second. Cambria, get out of the hall now. <laughs> you should leave that in. <laughs> I should. She's being super loud out there, like banging around. I can hear it. Okay. Okay. So I think that whatever was going on with him mentally that he just didn't get treatment for. And it just continued and continued and continued and got worse. And then he gets to the NFL level. And yeah, he's taken some hard hits on the head. Possibly something like you said, CTE has happened now. And now, the last couple of years, we're seeing a pre-existing condition on top of a possible CTE coexist with each other, which is making him do strange things. Look at, you know, the girls that he said to have, you know, sexually harassed and the things that were said and done. And I'm not even going to mention them here, but very odd. Okay, just weird. Look at the way he tweets online. It's just like nothing ever makes sense what he says. And it's like he's living in his own little universe and no one else gets them. And it's just, just odd. So I think that you're right. And from that, I'll, I'll basically tell my story of my dad in 2015, he actually was riding a motorcycle. He was only going 10, 15 miles per hour, but he didn't have a helmet on. Um, someone reportedly ran him off the road and the way he hit his head on concrete he actually was knocked unconscious and he was life flighted and he was in a coma for two weeks and they didn't think that he would ever be able to walk. First of all, they didn't even think that he was going to make it out of that, which he did. My dad was a strong man. Secondly, if he did make it out, they didn't think that he'd be able to walk again. He did. He was able to walk again. Wow. But he suffered brain damage and, you know, it was a traumatic brain injury and it completely changed the way he was. You know, my dad, for instance, I don't want to say he wasn't a fighter because if someone started something with him or he wasn't afraid to to use force. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But he 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 never went around looking for fights, though he wasn't like a violent person in that sense. But after the brain injury, he became so erratic and for instance, one day we went to McDonald's and he orders chicken nuggets. The lady gives him chicken nuggets and he said, "I didn't order chicken nuggets. I ordered a chicken sandwich." And I said, no, dad, I heard you. You ordered chicken nuggets. No, I didn't. And he started, I mean, it was almost like a toddler throwing a fit. And that wasn't my dad. Well, the lady was adamant that she gave him what he ordered. And he took the chicken nuggets and he threw them in her face and then drove off without paying. And I was mortified. I was in the back of the vehicle and I was mortified. But that was a common occurrence with my dad after the brain injury, you know, and like he didn't have 
great long-term, short-term memories for a while after his accident. He didn't know who we were. You know, my mom, he knew she was my mom sometimes. Other times he thought that she was a nurse. And I remember the one time she came in to see him at the rehab center where he was at after the hospital. And he said to her, hey, D, which is my mom's name is Denise. Everybody calls her D. He said, D, listen, there's this nurse that comes in and she flirts with me real bad. And I think she wants to be with me, he says. And my mom looks at him and she says, George, that's me. You think I'm your nurse half the time. And no, no, I'm telling you, there's this nurse here and she keeps hitting on me, you know. So he just, he had no idea what was going on half the time. And that got better as time went by, but he still wasn't the same person. He just, his voice was completely different. He would go off in, you know, violent rages half the time. The other half the time, you know, my family is just we're loud and we we argue all the time. That's just kind of how we've always been, including my father. After his accident, if there was an argument in my house, he would kind of take his hands and and almost like um like you know people with autism, they kind of have that moment where they can't handle it and they're overloaded and he would take his hands and just start clapping his ears real hard and saying stop, stop and he would have to leave and he couldn't handle it. So you know, it's, I always say that my dad, he passed away in 2011 from something unrelated, but I feel like I lost my dad after that accident. So I really, truly relate to what's going on here with not just Antonio Brown, but a lot of the players that have these traumatic brain injuries or CTE and that change their personalities. It's a really tough thing for loved ones to deal with, especially. You know, when you mention loved ones, the person who always comes to my mind is our dear friend Janine Talley mm. and the articles that she writes about working with Daryl and the issues that Daryl faces. And of course, he hasn't been diagnosed with CTE either because he's not dead, but mm. we all know that he has a result of the cumulative trauma that he's endured throughout his professional football career has consequences that he's dealing with. And it's a family thing and it affects an entire family. And you would know that, you know, with what happened to your dad, it's bigger than just what's going on with that person. And to even swing it back to Antonio Brown here, if indeed, you know, and I, by the way, I agree with you, you know, whatever predisposing conditions existed for Antonio throughout his life, they definitely would play a part in whatever would happen if his brain is injured as well. Because you see personality changes just like you described, you know, with your dad. And the family part of this is how it affects spouse, children. It isn't just the person who's experiencing the brain trauma who suffers the most. And we have to do a better job. The NFL Players Association, I think, needs to reach out and do more for their people who are struggling. I think the NFL certainly needs to do more in terms of providing resources and support. Because just because you can't diagnose CTE right now before someone's dead doesn't mean that that lives aren't being turned upside down because people are experiencing traumatic results from repetitive trauma. And this is something we all need to do a better job. I think even as a fan, I want to stand up and say more to the owners in the NFL, you need to do more. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And that kind of leads us into our next topic, which is Luke Keekley, because right. he recently announced that he's retiring. And this is something that you and I have discussed and that we think is going to start happening more and more often as time goes by because the players want 100% guaranteed money. And I kind of think that they deserve it because, like we had said earlier, the guys in football are getting bigger and badder. And you have people like Greg Williams who have bounties out, you know, with their defense to try to hurt other players. And it's just not a safe sport to play. Mm -hmm. Not that it was safe ever. But I feel like it's just progressed to the point where it's it's really dangerous. And yes. yeah, and it's just like, what are you going to do about it? You know, what owners and, and the NFL and the commissioner, what are you going to do to fix that and help the players? Because, you know, Luke Keekley is retiring before he has the possibility to get like Antonio Brown, for instance, right? Well, yes. And we hope that he's not there yet. You know, we don't know what motivated him to retire. And there's a very good possibility that the fear of having CTE later in life precipitated his decision to retire. We know he's had concussions. Um, you and I talked earlier about a game that we saw where he got cracked really hard and was clearly concussed. And when players make generational kinds of money like they make now, where you have, as you pointed out, maybe they get a $30 million guarantee, whatever, the kind of money that will change your life forever, it's much more likely, in my opinion, that guys are going to start looking at this and going, you know what, I think it's okay. I don't need to make another $10 million or $20 million or whatever. I've got enough money. Look at Lorenzo Alexander. He talked the other day when he announced his retirement and said, you know, I could play for a few more years, but I don't want to take the risk. And I don't think he was just talking about his knees and his shoulders. No, he, you know, he was on the, think, right. He was on the Jim Rome show. And he said that he's glad that he got to leave the sport that he loves on his own terms. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what we're going to see more of, you know, late guys in their latter 20s having made enough money to secure their future. Um, get up and walk away. You know, Barry Sanders uh, did it a long time ago and everybody thought he was out of his mind. Well, maybe he's preserved his mind. Might not be a bad thing. Yeah. And you're right because they have all this money and if they're smart enough, they can make that money last for the rest of their lives. If they have the right investors and the right people handling their money, they can walk away from the game and live comfortably. So I think that's a really big deal and I'm proud of him for doing that and not risking his health for a game. And it's, you know, people kind of, people are saying that the game of football is getting soft and this and this and that. And I guess to an extent, there are certain things where it's like, oh, come on, just let them play. But at the other end of that spectrum, like the NFL still isn't really doing enough to help these players. And I think that's a really big deal. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now, leading into our next point, it was recently brought to our attention that the Buffalo Bills are looking to hire a certified mental performance consultant. Woohoo! Woo! So, Robin, that's like right up our alley here. Tell me exactly what that is, what that job entails, and how will it help the Bills going forward? Oh, my God. Are you ready? I'm ready. Um, this, this was like the job of a, of a lifetime for me. If I was 20 years younger, I would apply for it. I was excited to hear about this because I have said for a long time that it would be really helpful to have a mental health professional who was an integral part of the team. Well, hello, they are hiring a certified mental performance consultant, which, what is that? Okay, the basic training would involve probably either a graduate degree, master's level, preferably doctoral degree in sports psychology, sports psychologist, sports counseling. Um, there are a number of different ways that you can you can become qualified to take the exam to become a certified mental performance consultant. The basic focus of that job is involving a lot of psychometrics. And by that, I mean psychological testing. Now, what this person can do for the bills, and I'm just so excited about this because I think there's so many different directions where you could go with with this kind of a program. Um, For one thing, people learn things differently. People have what we call different learning styles. Some people learn better from looking at at something in a book. Some people learn better from hearing someone talk about something. In other words, we have visual learners, we have auditory learners. We have people who learn kinesthetically um, through their other senses. So what, what does that mean? It means that if we can identify your learning style, we can tailor a program to make it easier for you to learn. A playbook, for example, some people like color-coded visuals. Some people want to hear, you know, an audio on tape. Again, there's many different ways that, that you can approach this. But what the bottom line is, is to learn what type of player you have. Do you have a player that learns better this way or a player that learns better that way? And so you design, um, you can actually design a whole playbook differently from one player to another, depending on their learning style. Now, The other thing that this person can do in terms of doing personality testing is it's very interesting to find out 
okay? Do you have, how many introverted players do you have? How many extroverted players do you have? Are some players uh, more comfortable with leadership roles because they can connect easier with other people? I mean, there, there are a number of different ways to do this, but you do personality testing and that can help you learn about what kind of players you have, what are their personality types. One thing that I was really excited about, because I read the job description in terms of what this job will entail, and I was so tickled that Coach McDermott, I'm sure, was behind this. One of the things that this person will also be doing is helping the coaches develop personally themselves in terms of how, to, how they can be better coaches. Isn't that great that you know they're open-minded enough to do that? The other thing that I thought was really interesting, and this is where I wish they would call me in to be a consultant, mm-hmm. because I would just love hey, to Bills, do this. Are you listening? Is draft, yeah, are you listening? Come on. Draft evaluation. You know, when you meet players, you have whatever amount of time that you're allotted, the general manager, you know, Coach McDermott, um, everybody, you know, the scouts, et cetera. This person will be involved in those meetings and be able to evaluate players. For example, when they come in and they interview with the coaches, you watch that interview. You can tell an awful lot about a person if you have a chance to just sit back and observe them. So I was really excited that that this individual, whoever is going to be doing this job, will be involved in all aspects of um, team performance. I think that's real exciting. That is pretty cool, actually. I really like that. And I think even like, I don't know, maybe they'll do stuff where they'll kind of organize like team bonding activities, but in a way that all of the different personalities on the team can get to know each other better and and learn how to bond with one another. I know that they preach this whole big family thing and whatnot, um, but also maybe it'll help Josh Allen too because he has to be the leader of this team. So he has to be able to kind of manage all these personalities and get them all on the same page to play for each other. So maybe they can, I mean, well, do you think they'll teach him how to do that kind of stuff? Or No, yes, they will. But the other thing that can happen is they always talk about the rooms, right? When when guys say, well, you know, the wide receiver room, we really get along. Right. Okay. What you have are these little subgroups. And one, one role that I would envision, and I would certainly hope this would happen, is say, for example, you have a dispute going on between a couple of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So-and-so is unhappy about this. So-and-so is unhappy about that. They're grumbling. Um, you know, the old bickering bills kind of thing from the 90s. A person in this role would go in and sit the players down, the principal players, whoever's involved, and help them work through any kind of dispute or issues that the, that they may have. So you don't let stuff fester in the locker room. Yeah, you keep it in the locker room. The guys will say, yeah, we can do all this ourselves. Well, yeah, maybe you can and maybe you can't. So if it gets to the point where it's something that the quarterback can't handle, whatever, you take it to that, you know, you take it to a place where you have, you know, a controlled environment with a counselor there who can listen and help facilitate a discussion. It works. Sort of like a mediator kind of in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. Absolutely. I I like that a lot, actually. I'm curious to know how many other teams employ a professional like this? 
I don't think any, you know, in that sense, you know, in terms of having a formal role as the way that they're describing this, to have a psychologist of sorts um, being involved in draft evaluation, I'm sure on some level they may, but I think the bills are in the forefront of this. I think that they're, they're, they're going to take this to the next level. I'm certain that they have sports psychologists and counselors available, you know, if there's a crisis going on in a player's family or, you know, that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is when they talk about mental performance, they're focusing on how they can get optimal mental performance from their players and their coaches in, within the organization. And I think that's the part of it that's going to take it to the next level. Yeah, it seems like it's a really in-depth position that is focused on so many different aspects of everyone in the organization, kind of. And absolutely, who do you think's idea that was? <laughs> I don't. I just can't imagine it wasn't Sean McDermott's. You think? And you know, every oh yeah, everything I've read about him. Um, I remember something Brandon Bean said that in one interview not too long ago about Sean McDermott always ends up putting books on his desk. You know, it's like, read this book, read this book, read this book. And many of them are on leadership and development and and that sort of thing. And I have absolutely no doubt in my mind, this is all, you know, this is all coming from Sean McDermott. Yeah, he does. He is. And he strikes me as being huge on self-evaluation. And I think that he had said that something like that they have in the whole room where all the players are, they, they have this, I don't know if it's like a box or something that they all Mm -hmm. can put suggestions into and, and they read them. And they said that there's not a lot of coaches that actually take those things seriously or do those kind of things. But Sean McDermott does, he listens to what the players say and he tries to implement changes where he can to help the whole team get better. Absolutely. I think he's big on personal development um, evaluation, spirituality. He talks about that, you know, a lot when he refers to people having the quote, right DNA. I think part of that is he wants people that embrace the same kind of things that he embraces. Yeah. And I, you know, I said this about my daughter to you recently, but, and I said, she lives in her head. And I think that that's kind of like Sean McDermott too. I think he lives in his head a little bit and is always just I don't know what the word is, like almost like a philosopher or something and always trying to think of new ways to do things, the best ways, you know, the most moral ways. And I really like Sean McDermott. And I bet if it was his idea, I bet you any amount of money that Kim Pagola absolutely loved the idea. Absolutely. And of course, we're just surmising. We don't know whose idea that was or, you know, if they've had one, maybe they've had one in the past. We just didn't know. I don't know. But I think that that was a really cool thing that, someone brought to our attention and it's kind of just right up our alley. So I had to bring that up. Do you have anything else to add? No, other than I really want to say what a great season it was. I'm excited that we're going into the off season. I know you and I have talked about taking the podcast in some different directions during the off season. I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I hope our listeners We'll enjoy some some of the topics that we're going to bring up. We've got lots of time before the draft, but we're not going to just talk football. We're going to talk about some other things as well. Absolutely. And I really, this, this season was so much fun. And I'm so glad we decided to actually start a podcast together. I've loved working with you this season. And I think we've learned a lot of things from each other. 
And I really enjoy the the interaction and the feedback that we get from our listeners. It's absolutely fantastic. So please keep that rolling, guys. Yeah, on that note, if anybody, because you know us all on Twitter and at Danielle, D-A-N-Y-E-L, Renee, R-E-N-E-E-B-B, right? Buffalo Bills, yep. Okay, and I'm at Robin Mundy, Y-O-R-O-B-Y-N-M-U-N-D-Y-W-Y-O. Catch us on Twitter and give us some ideas of some things that you might be interested in hashing out on some of the topics that we like to talk about, the intangibles. You know, there's great podcasts out there that that handle all the you know, mock drafts and, you know, the X's and O's and all of that. We're kind of interested in doing things a little differently and focusing our attention in a little bit different direction, um, more towards some of the intangible things that we we've talked about throughout the season. So shoot us a message and let us know. And please feel free. Give us feedback. Please give us feedback and write it, you know, write us up an evaluation on your, your platform of choice. Right. Whether it's Apple Podcasts or wherever you can write reviews, leave us a review if you like our podcast. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can still leave us a review. You know, let us know. And any kind of feedback helps. Um, but also this off season we are going to look forward to having some guests on our show. Now that, you know, we've kind of figured out how this thing works, I would like to get some some interesting guests on our show. And we have some in mind and we've talked to some people already. We don't want to tell you who because they're always going to be a surprise. But that's one thing that we will be adding to the show this off season. All right. Our final part is the very last giveaway of the season. And Jim Ruther was kind enough to let us have a signed 8x10 of all pro Trey White to give away. And the winner of that is Jose Herrera. And that's at Mox, M-O-X underscore zero three. So congratulations to you, Jose, on winning the last giveaway of the season. We hope you enjoy. Please take some pictures whenever you receive it from Jim to show us where you put it and that you're excited to have it. And congratulations. Before we go, just make sure you're listening to all the podcasts on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network because they're all fantastic. We all have different point of views. We all have different personalities. We talk about different things about the Bills and about football. And I think that it's very comprehensive and that you can pretty much find anything you're looking for. And those shows are Believe, Blitzed Bills, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Circling the Wagons, The Nick and Nolan Show, and our own Mafia Mavens. As always, Bills fans, thanks for listening, and let's go Buffalo. Yes. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. 
design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.